coming up on Man Enough. I think patriarchy is the biggest cock blocker to heterosexual relationships, Good. truly, because it sets us up to fail and it sets up relationships to be very difficult. Instead of fighting for this ideal, maybe I can just take a, not a bypass, but just let's just yeah. do it the non-traditional way. Being man enough, what does that mean? It's really manly to mess up, admit you're wrong and then grow. I couldn't accept that I was evil. So maybe I'm broken, but those broken things could be corrected. Intimacy between a father and a son is me just wanting to like put my head in your lap. I love you, son. You haven't called me a benevolent sexist, but my experience is women are better. Even if it's a positive, it's still not equality. I don't blame men for that. I just blame the system. This is man enough. What up, what up? <laughs> Welcome back to Man Enough, the Man Enough podcast, where we are joined by Liz Plank and Jamie Heath. Yeah. And we don't have Justin with us. You know what's so funny? This podcast was uh, Justin's idea, and here we are. It's the name of his book. <laughs> yeah, we're here and he's not. Where is he? Yes. For those of you who don't know, uh, I won't go into the whole thing, but uh, Justin is on break right now. Um, there is a SAG strike which he and uh, our company is honoring, of course. And so as such, he is um, doing what he should be doing, which is um, being in solidarity with the rest of the community. And, um, and while, of course, um, he has a voice in Man Enough and um, wants to be here with us, yeah. uh, he is speaking through us. He is. Right? He is. Hopefully the sack strike is not long-lived because I hope that we find Yeah, the a, workers um, get what they we, deserve. We find something that's balanced yeah. for all parties. We know that people that are the actual workers, which speaks to labor, and um, mm -hmm. I think you have a lot to say about that in general, not just in our world, in the entertainment yeah. world, but in general. Um, but we need to make sure that those that are actually doing the work and the heavy lifting are honored. Yes, and, and sharing so, in the profits. Um, and what's really confusing about this is a lot of people see the big stars and they see how much money right. the actors make. But the truth is the majority of actors mm -hmm. are not the small percentage that are making the millions and millions. It's right. the working actor that make day rates, yep. um, that try to put their kids through school and try to keep mm -hmm. their home afloat. Yeah. And um, so some of these laws and rules that are there now need to be revisited. Yes. So many working class people go into the things that you watch. Yep. Every single thing that you watch. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. So at Man Enough, we support that. Yes. So here we are. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, what are we doing today? What Liz? are we doing? Well, it's just you and it's me. It's just us. And we've done a couple of these. We have. But and every time it's pretty fun. Well, I mean, I have a good when time. you have a dress like that on. A lot of roses. And again, we want you to know that you can actually watch this episode Where? on YouTube for okay. free. Because you dress pretty stellar. You always got a cool outfit on. They can watch our faces. Watch my, you talked about my dress. Look at all those do, roses. Do, 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 do. Full of love. Because it's hot girl summer. You know what hot girl summer means? I have no idea what the heck that means. Well, it's a little old by now. Um, so <laughs> I think even, uh, I, I'm not, I don't think it's hot girl summer anymore. I think that it's like hot heeled summer. Hot healed summer. Hot healed summer. I personally love self-diagnosing myself, girl summer. Mm -hmm. uh, like I'm undiagnosing myself. It's no more like working on myself and learning lessons and like and I, I, people people are talking about like don't get into a big relationship. Just have fun and play around and great. 
Yeah, that's what Hot sounds Girl Summer ter- is. Sounds terrible. Sounds terrible. I feel like you always have a Hot Girl Summer. You just didn't know. What that. does that mean? It means you have, I feel like you have fun. You go to, you went to Disneyland. Oh, I did. I with saw, my without kids me. and my wife. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Without you. Mm-hmm. Even with though Justin you promise and... every year to take me. I know it. Because I've never been. It's, it's, we're gonna, should we go now? leave here now? No, go let's now. go. Let's go with the crew. Okay, I got a question for you. Uh-oh. Um, because we are going to um, touch on a few topics. Yes. But I do have a question for you, Liz. I know. I, I, when he looks at me with those eyes. I want to know if you'll answer this. Oh, have I ever? Why the fuck <laughs> are you still single? No, Jamie. You are beautiful. You're wonderful. You're brilliant. You're, um, uh, you have um, stature in the world. Um, you know a lot of people. I do. I know a lot of a lot why, of people know me. Why the hell are you single? I mean, don't you think that you don't want to? I'm saying oh. you don't want to be single. You I you would know. like to be in a relationship. Yes. I don't mean that you're not happy by yourself. I mean you want yes. to have a, a relationship. So why? Are, yes. What's going on? I mean, I want to be in a good relationship, right? I don't think I'm alone. Meaning, there are a lot of women who you you would think it would be easy for them to find a person to be in a relationship with, particularly if, if women who are dating men who aren't able to find men who are on their level. Scott Galloway, who's a friend of the podcast, who uh, studies, does a lot of data and research, has talked about it. People who are college educated like to date people who are college educated most of the time. We don't have to, but that's what tends to happen. And so if there's uh, you know, two for one uh, women graduating with college degrees, I think that's a prediction in like five or six years, um, what, you know, that has effects in the dating world. And I think that we've raised men in a different way that we've raised women. Mm-hmm. And so women uh, now expect a certain level of emotional commitment and maturity. Like women have been crushing it because we had to, and it's hard to sort of meet that standard. I That's my theory. Okay. <laughs> but let me just go a little deeper for a minute. Okay. Because your response is women are experiencing this. Yes. Okay. I'm asking you, Liz, why are you, not women, Okay. you specifically, are uh-huh. you, and forgive me for a moment, are you too hard on men? Are men not enough? Mm-hmm. Do you have trauma? Mm-hmm. Do you not trust men? Mm-hmm. Um, are you low maintenance? Are you high maintenance? Are you, do you, like, what do you, and I'm not saying it's you. Yeah. At all. I'm just asking, what do you think is the reason yeah. why a woman of your caliber who wants to be in a relationship, why you are single? You're listening to the Mad Enough Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Welcome back to the Mad Enough Podcast. I think that for people who are single, we we, we treat being single and being in a relationship as the, these permanent states, right? Like you're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You might not always be in a relationship. You don't know. I might not oh, always. Oh, yes, I do. Okay. 
Well, this time, of course, I'm not trying to like, no, no, I hear you. But, but, but yeah, I have a lot of friends who are in relationships and those relationships, you know, have lasted. Some of them haven't. Yeah. I think sometimes when we ask that question, it's like loaded with this idea of like permanence that, you know, I, I, I haven't always been single. I've been in many long-term relationships. I think any relationship is, is a success. Even a divorce is a success. Like you were in a successful relationship for this amount of years. Like how wonderful. What? Uh, I'm going to challenge you on that one, but go what? ahead. Go ahead. But I mean, no, I, but not, if the, not if the goal uh, is to be in a long-lasting yeah, relationship yeah. that you grow old together, yeah. which is what most people, I think, are searching for at some point. Sure. But I still think – anyway, I, I still – I think that our view of, like, failure when it comes to relationships – like, I'm all about learning and growing, okay. and I've learned and grown more with people that I've been in, like, a situationship with for, you know, uh, a couple of months than than certain people that, have, that I've known for years. So I guess that I, I just okay. want to, like – but, look, I see your point. There are so many things. If you want to go deep on my shit, like, there are so many ways that I self-sabotage, and it is hard to date men in a society – where there's a constant power dynamic between women and men that then needs to be um, acknowledged or overcome in their intimate relationships. Like, I think patriarchy is the biggest cock blocker to heterosexual relationships, truly, right? Because it sets us up to fail and it sets up relationships to be very difficult. Again, if you look at, I mean, yeah, if I look at a lot of, straight relationships around me I'm not like wow I really want to be that person like I, I think a lot of those partnerships are difficult mm. and that's why you have such inequality when it comes to labor within the home and that's cited as like a number one reason for divorce right mm. and that's why you have experts like um, what's her name Eve I'm forgetting her last name but you know where she goes into couples and families and relationships and she, she says it's divorce for married people she treats like division of labor and all of those things as if they were co-parenting which is something that you have a lot of experience with co-parenting I do do you think that it's easier to raise a kid with someone that you're not married to no really easier to raise a kid with someone that you're not married to yeah not married to that that, that you're not having sex with no, 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 it's not easier. Why? Um, because in order to do anything in life to its best, I think that you have to um, cooperate with one another, consult, mm-hmm. um, generally share the same view and the same you know, trajectory of what you want to raise the child with, the laws of um, the home, um, the spiritual awareness, the emotional awareness, and to share that. And if you are a collective people working on it together, I think that makes it easier because you support one another in it versus. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it like divide things more equally though, right? That Did you notice that you became a different father when you were separated or divorced and when you had to co-parent? Do you feel like it made you take on certain responsibilities that you wouldn't have or think about? No. Um, no. 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 I, okay. think, I think the majority of people that are raising a child by themselves in my experience and witnessing it generally they do it on their own got it and then they have a co-parent that might take them on the weekends or you know there are those that do it literally equally uh, um, half the time half the time mm-hmm. i don't think that's a majority no um so i think all that stuff weighs heavily on the one parent that actually has the custody of the child in most circumstances i mean yeah. I, I don't think you would find someone that argues different than that okay um Wait, why do you think I'm single? 
Well, <laughs> let's go back to that list because I do want to go back to You probably have a better answer than Here's me. what I think, and I think this applies. So I asked my men friends that are single. Okay. Like, why the hell are you single? Yes. You're good looking. You're sweet. Yeah. You're wonderful. You're successful. Uh-huh. You're this. You're that. Uh-huh. You're all the stuff. Why are you single? Do you have a habit of choosing the wrong type of person? Do you have parameters that you think a woman means this, they're supposed mm-hmm. to do this, this, and this, so you keep falling short because of the woman that you, women that you're dating. No offense to them, they're probably sure. wonderful women, but not the right one for you. Do you have the standard that they must be this weight or this height or this educated or not? Mm-hmm. What's the standard of a woman that you think is worthy of being in a relationship with yeah. or married to? Yeah. How about we start there? Because I have a lot of male friends that be like, the last five women that you dated, we all knew from the beginning we're not the right one. Mm-hmm. But oh, for some reason, okay. not I mean the right one, the right for you, fit for you. Yes. Like you have this idea that they have to look like this. What if we got past all that? What is it with you that prevents you from mm-hmm. seeing women for who they are, mm-hmm. allowing them to be, and you now being attracted to a different group of women that you have not allowed yourself to be attracted to before? Interesting. I wonder if you yeah. have not allowed yourself to date men in a different arena than the ones you've been dating. Okay. Outside of the entertainment world, maybe outside of journalistic world, outside of people that have a strong, loud voice in media in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, has it been a school teacher? Or has it been someone that has nothing to do with it? Just a worker, someone that works at the DMV? I don't know. Yes. And, and I wonder, because everyone that I know that you've dated <laughs> have been in some way in that world. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I just think. No, totally. Maybe that's one reason. Number two, you said earlier in another episode that you have trust issues. You, you, one, of your, one of your number one things is that you're worried that someone's going to cheat on you. Yeah, which is so weird because I've never been. How do we get yeah. over that? Because if he's going to cheat on you, he's going to cheat on you, exactly. whether you're worried about it or not. Yes, yes. How do we get past that where that's not even a thing anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what are the things in your way that you can do? You might only be 30% of the problem. Maybe um, you're 70%. Um, maybe you're 10. I don't care. But are yeah. you spending 100% of your time on your 20% yes, or your right. 70%? Or are you like your first response was the patriarchy? Yes. Mm-hmm. We women, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like me, Liz. You're right. No, you're right. You're right. And that's a protective thing for sure. I, something I have, so I have been thinking about this lately, believe it or not, uh, reading my mind as always. I have been trying to focus on the feeling that I want to have in a relationship rather than the outcome of what that relationship is or what that relationship looks like. I think that. Uh, we do this with everything, right? I want this job of this like very specific thing and this very specific salary. Um, I want to have a very specific, uh, you know, family, a, a number of kids, a, a place where we're living. Like people have very specific um, uh, expectations, right, of, of what our life is going to look like. And I'm not saying that, you know, having goals is not a bad thing. But I think that something that I've been trying to do, because yes, my my ideal you know, partner has, yeah, not worked out so far and doesn't actually give me the feeling that I want to feel in a relationship with, which is feeling secure and feeling safe and feeling supported and, right, like the things that I feel with with so many of of my friends and that, by the way, I have felt in my long-term relationships. Sure. So, so it's about, so something I've been trying to, to, to really do is focus on that feeling, like even in my life, 
um, like actually an ex-boyfriend of mine um, recently. So he's a set designer and opening this Broadway show. And my friend Paul, who has Down syndrome, is gay, is like fabulous and loves Broadway, really wanted to go see the show. And so I was like, do you think you could get us like tickets at the last minute, like for him and his mom and me in two hours? Of course, I got it. Got you tickets. Got you know, gave it this backstage like you know sort of tour and went above and beyond just the way that like a friend would, right? Because we are friends at this point. We dated many years ago, and I remember sitting there and being like, "That, like, like think about that. Like, this is when you go on dates, when you, um, when you are even just meeting people and and sort of assessing their character, which is what you're you shared as a really good definition of of of, of dating. Not assessing. Investigating, investigating character. character, like, like, it when you get that feeling, that's the right person representing the outcome that that I think I want. Because yeah. <laughs> in a way, like focusing too much on what it looks like and trying to control or force that can actually make you, yeah, go the other way and choose people who don't actually are are aligned with yeah. with what you want. Does that? It does. You're listening to the Mad Enough podcast. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Mad Enough Podcast. So let me ask you then another question. Okay. Being that you're single. Yeah. Um, which you I can't imagine you would be for so long, much longer. You're just. I mean, every time we. <laughs> I was like, at the time of recording this episode. But you are single, and um, you're, um, as we age, as we get older, every year older, um, there are certain things that are within our grasp that maybe start to become less in our grasp, like having children. Mm-hmm. Even though we can have children for many, many years, um, so as a result, you have frozen your eggs, right? So that you don't find yourself um, 10 years from now and, um, and, and in that situation. Mm-hmm. So you've frozen your eggs, and I think you want to have children with a partner. Yeah, that would be my ideal, ideal. outcome. Yes. <laughs> What about having children without a partner? I think about it. I did a podcast with Armchair where you know we documented the whole thing with my friend Monica Padman. And mm-hmm. um, on our last episode, Esther Perel, who's a friend of the Man of Podcast, um, she came on and, and she said, you know, w- you've rethought your how you're going to get pregnant. And you're doing that in a completely non-traditional way. Why are you approaching family in a super traditional way? Why aren't you approaching family in that same unconventional way of Mm. reimagining, again, the image that you had in your head of what it would look like? Maybe it's completely different. Even like having one on your own, I feel like is like frames it in a negative. Like you're having a child with the community you're in, right? Friends, uh, family, right? Provide instead of one partner uh, is, is one way. I also have a feeling that I might have a kid with a friend or a gay friend of mine, Benj Pasek, um, calling you out. I literally, yeah, Benj, um, still, still waiting. Yeah. Still waiting. No, because I I really think that that, and again, this is the co-parenting question I have for you because Hmm. I think it seems so hard. Like, like I am not even at the point where I have a, a, I'm in a relationship. Then I have to like, so first of all, I have to find the person. Then I have to like be in a relationship and actually get to know them and pass the part where you just have chemicals and endorphins and everything's great. And like actually, you know, see what it's like when we're together and learn together and fight and, you know, sort of grow. Then we have to get pregnant. Then we have to have the baby. And then, the, the, you know, that, the, that can be really hard on your relationship. And, it, and it's, 
and then hopefully you're still together. And it, it just sounds like co-parenting and, and just family. It, it, it seems really difficult. And again, I'm surrounded by a lot of people who, you know, are separated or are divorced and are, are doing it in, in non-traditional ways. So instead of fighting for this ideal, maybe I can just take a, not a bypass, but just let's just yeah. do it the non-traditional way instead of trying for the perfect way and then it falling apart and then you know, ending up doing it non-conventionally, you know, listen, for, for would you recommend to someone doing, I'm no expert. I want to make Well, that. you've been through it. But Liz, I would say this and to women and men, if you're having a child on your own, I'll be right there to support you and love you. No judgment. But I also know that raising children is really hard. And I think if you were to go survey, 10 single mothers, would they rather do it with a partner? I think all of them would say yes. Nine of them, the majority of them. Um, it's not the most ideal. Um, when you have marriages who are raising kids together and when one goes out of town like I did for three months, the burden becomes much more and it became overwhelming. Um, it became really hard. We hear all the time of uh, kids, boys, not being raised with a father and the impact of that. We've had a lot of conversations on our own on this podcast. Um, so that means we recognize that there is a void that happens when little boys are not raised with a father. Now, women have to do it all the time. And they raise wonderful children. So I want to make that, mm -hmm. you know, make it Barack clear. Barack Obama, one of them, <laughs> right? But we still recognize just because that that's where that's happening in the world, we're not necessarily saying that's the most ideal and then therefore that should become the mm -hmm. standard or even a standard that we're trying to reach for. So I would then say, while yes, go have that child and I love you and I'll mm -hmm. be in the hospital with you and help you, you know, uh, and help you name it yeah, and yeah, yeah, give yeah, you the yeah. presents and all the stuff that we do, would in my heart hope and pray that you have someone to carry that wonderful burden with um, financially, emotionally. Yeah. You know, it's also um, fun to share that. All of it. Yeah. I take your point and I see your point. If you take those 10 women who are single uh, uh, moms and say, would you have rather do it with a partner? Sure. I think that takes a, a quantifier, which is a good partner. Right? Of course. Because... Uh, I think if you pull 10 women who had a baby with, a, with, with, with someone and he ended up leaving, cheating, uh, right? And, and again, I'm not gendering. Sure. I, I guess I am. But, but often it tends to be, you know, single moms and, and men who, who leave, right? It's, it's, we don't have a surplus of single dads versus single moms. Um, and, and, and you would pull them and say, would you rather be a single mom or have to co-parent with this guy that you hate um, and who's, you know, makes your life a living hell or makes the kid's life a living hell? I think they would prefer to be single. Well, of course, Liz, but this is, this is where my, I yeah. have a little blowback. Sure. Why do we jump to the, other, to the extreme when we go, well, obviously, is it better to be in a relationship or one with a man that's beating you? Of course it's not the man that's beating you. Of course we're talking about healthy relationships and sure. all things. Uh, so if we're going to cite the men that are not good partners, of right, course, right. just like a man shouldn't be with a woman that's crazy and, and killing mm -hmm. five people. Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever. 
right? Uh, obviously, we're mm-hmm. talking about two people that are capable of having a loving right. and, and, and work through relationship. I think that's, that's my fear, though, like truly. Like oh, oh, beyond the being cheated on, I think my biggest fear is that I'll have a baby with the wrong person. <laughs> like, because I've seen it, I've seen it. And maybe, again, it's um, because it's, cl- you know, happened close to me with uh, women who, are, who I'm close to. And so I've seen how much of a toll it takes on, on their lives. But I think there are plenty of women that have had children with the wrong man or the wrong person who didn't necessarily investigate the character of the person that is their baby's daddy. Right. Talk about that. So like, yeah. for instance, when I got, I've been married three times, so I have not been able to successfully keep a marriage together except for now I'm married 10 years. Now, the first time I was 18, as a little disclaimer, yeah, so I didn't know yeah, how to yeah. do it. But I knew her. I knew her family. I knew how her brothers were. I knew how her families treated their family. I saw the, the, the ones that were divorced, how they embraced those families versus not how the people sh- showed up as parents, this is what she was exposed to. So I knew what she would be like as a mother, mm-hmm. just as a person, the support group. Not, notwithstanding that she couldn't be a crazy person, but she wasn't. Yeah. So when we divorced, she was exactly what I investigated. Right. I got married again at 30. We were together seven years. I blew that marriage up due to my own indiscretions and terrible behavior. But I knew her family. I knew her brothers. I knew who she was. I knew her friends. I knew her friends that were parents and how she showed up how the men around her showed up. I knew what she was about. Mm-hmm. So there was no way that I was afraid if I had a baby with her when we got married, that she would ever um, um, take the child away from me. I knew what her values were. Mm-hmm. I knew how she would be as an ex, because I knew what her values were and what it demonstrated around her. So when I got married a third time, because <laughs> I didn't, because here I am, mm-hmm. I knew right away what I wanted to do was investigate what she was exposed to, how she was, yeah. what her thoughts were on divorce and children, raising them, what was around her, her family, her friends, the company she kept. There's not a doubt in my mind that if we were to ever separate, <laughs> that uh, she would be what a lot of men experience and say, oh, I got a crazy woman in my life. Right. There's no way. She's just not capable of that. How do you investigate someone's character? I think I just I think I just laid but it out. If, if they're on a date, like how if they're you go out with a date with a guy, you have some good coffee, right? You like it. It's fun. The next time, so no like, drinking. I think no drinking. No drinking because you got to be sober. Yeah, I agree. All right, you, you want to assess somebody's character, yeah. assess, investigate. Yeah. You can't do that. The next date, you don't go dancing, you don't go bowling, you don't go to a movie. You go and meet their friends, yeah. literally right away. See what their company is. Mm-hmm. See who they are. Yeah. If you haven't in the first month seen what this man mm-hmm. is about, yeah. what other people say about him, how he operates in the world, see how he is with kids. I mean, not every man is great with kids because they're not exposure to it, but mm-hmm. see how he is. See how, all of those things so that if you decide to date this person and have a kid with them, you know, like, I know mm-hmm. what kind of man he's going to be. Yeah. We may not work out. He may not be the best. He may cheat on me. He may, I don't know, whatever happens. Yeah. But I know who he is. As a human, I think that a lot of people forget that. And they have babies. A lot of the friends I know that have babies with men did not do that investigation of them. Okay. Right? And now they're learning who they are right. once they're apart. So maybe if you do that investigation, you don't have to worry about that. I don't know. I'm no expert on yeah. this. I'm no, I'm yes, no, but, no but, but, I, but I've lived enough yeah. and have enough friends that have single relationships. All my girlfriends that have girlfriends, meaning friends that are female, 
that have children are dying to be in a relationship Mm -hmm. with a loving, wonderful man. Mm -hmm. And the men that they had a child with, they didn't do that investigation. Yeah. And now they're doing it now. Um, And, you know, of course, now we live in a day where... How do you date today? How do you date? Golly, how do you date? If you're on a dating app or on several dating apps, like most people, you think that you're dating, even though you're liter- you're not even meet- meeting up with people. And so you're less likely to maybe go up to people in the real world or, you know, strike up those conversations. I also, what I've been overwhelmed by is just how complicated it is now, right? Like you're looking through a profile. It's like, okay, he's in an open relationship. Okay, so he's a girlfriend, but they're dating other people. Okay, so I would be a third, I guess I would be like a throuple in this situation. Right, that's, that's um, on these apps? Yeah, yeah. You know, what do you think about open relationships? Look, I want to be real careful not to judge everybody else's plow, right? Everyone like plants yeah. their own flowers and they grow them as they do. Sure. But I don't think most people... Um, have successfully had open relationships long term. Well, leave comments if you've been in an open relationship or you are, Great. and it's working for you. We we'd love to know. Uh, we'd love to know more. Sure, I'm happy <laughs> people share your thoughts. What do you think about open relationships? I don't think I am built for that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one thing that I do that I think has kept me away from being in a healthy, lasting relationship for now, not that I haven't been in one in, in, in the past, is I think I can change people when they're not available. And, and often, I mean, it's not even just like that they're not emotionally available and emotionally invested in me, but that the, yeah, the situation, well, yeah, it's, it's not going to work because of, you know, uh, they live in another country <laughs> or uh, they, uh, you know, are still not done with their past not done with their past relationship and are, you know, co-parenting with someone and they're, you know, really in that still. You're listening to the Mad Enough Podcast. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Mad Enough Podcast. I think our show and what we, why we talk about these things is because ultimately we want to advance society, advance humanity. We want to be better versions of ourselves so that our children or our grandchildren and future generations can be a little bit further along. Mm Mm-hmm. Than we were 10 years ago, 20, 50, 100 years ago. We keep progressing. We also are trying to accept ourselves and to not live in shame. And I get that there are so many parameters and rules that are changing so that we don't have to live in shame, which is like why I think a lot of people have done away with God, because in so many instances, they have felt shame Mm -hmm. for their life, living um, a spiritual life in some way. But that's throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I feel... Like we're losing so much of what's good about religion, about spirituality that helps guide us and keeps the parameters and gives us uh, uh, goals and the North Star. Mm -hmm. Um, How do we still hold on to that and let go of the shame and the guilt and all the other stuff that comes with that? How do we have healthy relationships without uh, accepting all these other things that are poison, I think? Mm -hmm. I think most people want to live in a world that we're advancing, and I think the way we advance that is, this is my view, in monogamous, healthy relationships where we raise children to care about others, to have spiritual guidance, whatever they may call it, to be accountable to something greater than yourself, because as smart as we think we are, we're still in our infancy in terms of evolution we're gonna be way different than we are 100 years ago. We used to think the world was flat. We used to think that black people were less than the white people. We used to think women are less than men. We're just now getting to the idea that all that shit is bullshit. So where are we gonna be in 30, 40, 50 years from now? We do need something that is greater than my own capacity to understand something. 
And I think spiritual guidance gives us that. Um, and all these other things that we're just grasping at straws, trying to, trying to find our truth, you know? Um, but that doesn't change what the real truth is, which is, I think, healthy relationships where people are working at it. You don't find your soulmate overnight. You work on your soulmate. You know, relationships are not healthy. I have a friend that said, man, I want a marriage like yours. I'm like, man, it took 10 years to get here. Uh, That's why you've been dating for five years is because you're trying to find Natasha? Yeah. You're trying to find, he's like, yeah, look how you guys are all the time. I want that. You know, I think about years. that too. I it think about us, you too. It, yeah, it took us all this time to get here. Uh -huh. All the work, all the stuff, all the failing, all this. You don't see all this skin knees that we got. Right. Uh, anyway. No, um, but I think that's a really good point. I, I think that, I again, circling back to, I think that I have an unrealistic ideal of what a, of what a happy, healthy relationship is. Yeah, right. And it, it, yeah, it means you maybe leave relationships earlier than you, you know, should, or you're not, um, yeah, you, you, again, this like red flag culture, like, well, you're like this, or you do this thing. And that means it's going to be, you know, it's mm -hmm. not going to work out for me where, yeah, being in a relationship is actually, if we saw it as no, is it work? Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of. Yes. And, and it's meant to make you uncomfortable and meant to challenge you. Right. Um, Hmm. And I think sp it, it, the spiritual aspect, it, I think, is important. It's helped me just release kind of, again, determining the outcome and saying, like, whatever's meant to happen, whether it's the relationship or how the kids come in or how the family, you know, presents itself. It's just sort of trusting that there's a, that there's a path and yeah. enjoying it, actually. There's a path. There's a truth. Yeah. There is a truth that we have to work hard to find. Yeah. And um, and I think it's been riddled with, I'll just give a quick example before we wrap up. I always tell my kids, like, there's a 405 freeway mm -hmm. or the 10 freeway. I don't know what's in Jersey or whatever, but, like, let's just call it a freeway. I don't drive Here is a 405 freeway. The 405 freeway generally... Um, doesn't have distractions, doesn't have buildings, doesn't have this over here, does this over here, all these things. It's like the path to get from here. It's the best path to get from here to here. And I tell my kid, that's the best way to do it. Now, you can get off on the off-ramps if you want. And you can go through all the small streets. That'll get you there too. Hmm. But there's a lot of distractions down there. Right. More opportunity for accidents, more liquor stores, more brothels there, more kids that are throwing firecrackers at your window and this over here, and then more basketball games that might make you gamble away your mind. Whatever. I don't know. There's just stuff. And some of it's good. I'm not judging mm -hmm. it. But there's a lot of distraction there. But if your goal is to get from here to here, this is the best path. Mm -hmm. But fine. Feel free to go off on the freeway if you want. But as soon as you start, here's the key. As soon as you lose your compass and forget where the 405 is, now you're stuck in the streets. You can't mm -hmm. find your way back. So you got to, no matter where we go in our life, I feel like what we've done as a society is we've decided now all these side streets are in fact the path to get there, the safest path. Got it. And I'm saying, mm, fine, you want to hang out there, but don't lose, at least recognize that the 405 is the best way to get there. <laughs> Come on now. You know, so at least you don't lose, lose that. And how do you know you're lost? That's the thing. If you are told, like I tell my son all the time, who's 20, dude, if you want to hang out over here, okay, fine. But do you know the best way? You want to do all the things that necessarily aren't great for your life. Okay, fine. Go find yourself. But you do know the 405 is the 405, right? And he's like, yeah, I know. I know that's the best path. The danger is not that you're hanging out in the small streets. The danger for me is that you believe that that is the best path. 
doing these things and this and over here, which is not great for your heart and for your mind mm-hmm. and for your body and for your whatever it may be. So at least know, so you can always find your way back, find your way back. And a lot of people, I think, forget that, and then they now never know their way back because they believe that they're not lost, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so check this out. So I'm, you've said I've been, um, I said I've been married three times. My first wife just got remarried 30 years later. Wow. She just got remarried like last week to an amazing, wonderful man. And um, before they got married, I called him. Now, this is a man 10 years ago that when they first started dating or so, 10, 11 years ago, about the time me and Natasha were dating, that had an arm's length with me, right? I'm the ex. Uh-huh. He wasn't mean. He's a nice guy, but he wanted nothing to do with me, really. Okay. But I understand it. Kept showing love, kindness, as he was kind, but arm's length. And over time, he st- I started seeing him thaw a little bit. Then we connected. Then he fixed my roof because he's a roofer. Introduced me to one of his um, workers as his husband-in-law. <laughs> and before he got married the other day, I called him and told him how happy I am that his wife now, that I was married to 30 years ago, who was a friend of mine, found him. And that how much he's honored my daughter and how much he's honored someone that I've cared about, Shaloi, since we were like 12. And I'm so thrilled that she has you. He was like, wow, Jamie, thank you. We hung up and then I found out from them, from my daughter and Shaloi, that he went back and was emotional of the fact that I just recognized him. So why am I sharing this story? Because for me, that was such an amazing um, story of why being kind, continuing to be loving and to not let your ego get in the way and to continue to build relationships. Like how much better is it to have a divorced wife and a child and get along and have someone see you and you see them than to have the other one where you hate each other and all this stuff? Isn't that really sweet? It is. And again, I think it proves my point. (laughs) Which is what? (laughs) That like family can look like so many different things. Yeah, but that's not ideal. Just because it it can. That sounds pretty sweet. And it sounds like you've learned a lot. And That's making lemons. No, that's making lemonade out of half the time. Well, I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying like. You don't go into it. Sure, but if it unfolds that way, that's also okay. Of course. You right? get a prosthetic and you put it on your leg if you break your leg and then you can walk and everyone's but like, oh my I God. Don't think but it's you don't bro- go. But I don't think it's broken. Okay. I, just because a family, my parents, you know, were together and hated each other for a couple of years and decided to stay together anyways, <laughs> right? And uh, and that doesn't mean my family is 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 m- less, more whole than, than someone whose parents were like, you know what, like, Let's live separately so that we can live in peace. All right. Listen, next time I am going to ask you when we do a podcast, I'm going to ask you, are you still single? And why are you single? Oh, gosh. And I don't want your answer, forgive me, if I'm not, I don't want it to be anything other than you. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to feel like you have to carry the burden and the weight of all other women. You speak so wonderfully and eloquently and you stand tall for advancing society and standing up for women and also standing up for men. But you don't have to worry about that in every decision you make when you're finding a partner mm-hmm. like it's just you mm-hmm. not on behalf of women not on behalf of men those aren't your men aren't your enemy women aren't your allies i mean sure they are <laughs> <laughs> but you know just like what is it you can do better uh-huh. that's it okay point taken i love you i love you more 
Um, and now tell me what I can do better next time. Yeah. <laughs> Just not this time. Oh, All right. For those of you who are bored with Liz and Jamie, <laughs> move on to the next episode. And if you're not, come back um, <laughs> and see who we got next. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. If you like what you heard, go and visit manup.com slash podcasts. And where can they see us? They can see us on YouTube. We'll see you next time. I'm Jamie Heath. <laughs> I'm Liz Plank. And this is Man Enough. Yes, it is Man Thank you for listening to the Man Enough Podcast, produced by Wayfair Studios and presented by Procter & Gamble, in partnership with Cadence 13 and Odyssey Company. Hosted by Justin Baldoni, Liz Plank, and me, Jamie Heath. If you like what you heard, please follow us and tune in weekly as we undefine masculinity and learn in real time. Justin Baldoni, Jamie Heath, and Tara Maholtra-Feinberg from Wayfair Studios, Mark Pritchard and Anna Saufeld from Procter & Gamble, and Chris Corcoran from Cadence 13 are our executive producers. Kayla Nicholson is our producer. Ashmi Elizabeth Dang is head of marketing. And Susie Landers O'Connell is our lead editor. Thanks for listening.